1: I don't know, maybe it's just the jet lag, but I'm kind of freaked out to be here, right? Yeah, we all are. For yeah. sure. Hello, everybody. This is Again With This, BH90210 edition. Today's episode, season one, episode four, The Table Read. And now, your hosts... Tara Ariano and Sarah D Bunting. Sarah. Tara and Dave. Shall we talk about the table read?
0: Yes, why not?
1: This was the mixed baggiest one for me. I felt like it had the most authentic moments, and yet the overarching uh how a TV show is made part of it was oh, <laughs> like don't. preposterous.
0: Yeah, it really is this weird like a hybrid isn't even the right word it's one of those mythological creatures like a harpy that is just assembled Uh from parts of other (laughs) things i mean we'll get into it in the breakdown so why don't we get into the episode let's do so anna delivers her pilot script Two whole days before cameras are supposed to roll, what a pro, and it sucks ass so bad that the members of the cast decide they're going to rewrite it, and Christine Elise, for some reason, allows them to try.
1: Ian is determined to win Anna over, though initially they just clash again over his dowdy wardrobe before she explains that, in her conception, Steve has won an Oscar for his role in a post-apocalyptic epic what even? <laughs> anyway, when the rest of the cast turns on Anna and her bad script, uh, sorry, Ein helps give her a private glimpse of what he and his colleagues are like, like off-camera, and magically, this unlocks her creativity. Now she likes Ian enough to wink at him.
0: Oh, Jenny and Tori audition Kyler, who sucks, in the role of Kelly's daughter. They decide to cast her as Donna's daughter instead. And when Kyler pouts that she's only going to get one line, Jenny explains to her about paying your dues. Kyler also slashes Jenny's tire to give Wyatt a reason to stick around. But since he can't get involved with a client, uh, Jenny is getting a new bodyguard and they will go on a date. She and Wyatt will go on a date, not yes. the new bodyguard. This whole thing is so dumb.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Gabby is having a hard time giving up control on the project while also trying to get something started with Christine, though she misapprehended Christine's drink invitation as a date and not friends getting together. I just want to break in here and say the part where Christine was like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's my fault. No, no, no. Stay. We'll just both be on our phones like friends. <laughs> I thought That's really funny. <laughs> I, anyway. I felt
0: very personally seen by that.
1: Yes. Uh, by the end of the episode, however, they are kissing and Jason is surprised and pleased that both he and Gabby have ended up dating the same woman.
0: Nice acknowledgement. Thank you show. Yeah. Um, Shannon is still not totally sure she wants to do the show the night before they're supposed to start filming. When Tori tries to spin this to Christine as a positive, since it will mean that they save a salary, Christine tells her that actually it's two salaries Shannon waited to close her deal until she had mad leverage and is making double what her castmates are. Not how that works. We'll get into it. (laughs) Confronted about it. Shannon tearfully says that 100% of her salary is going to an organization that helps orphans in hot zones, but that she'll cut it in half if they want. And obviously no one is about to do that.
1: Nate is still being weird about Tori and Brian's past relationship until he meets Shay and apparently develops an instant friend crush on her or possibly more. Tori has been abiding by the promise she made Nate and taking all sex scenes with Brian out of the script, but later confides to Jenny that she is starting to have feelings for him again anyway.
0: (sighs) Well, I guess she has a type. Triflers. Shay and Brian are having problems with the help. One of Shay's very unfinished songs just leaked and reveals that she can't actually sing at all. Suspects include her stylist and Zach, though Brian doesn't want to believe Zach is shady. Shay puts a P.I. on it Joanna, the stylist, was the leaker, but the P.I. also documented all the shit Zach's been doing. When Brian goes over to confront him about his crazy wall, Zach confirms what we all suspected. He's Brian's biological son.
1: But is he also the stalker? Because the morning shooting is supposed to begin, the cast finds stop acting like I'm not even here, spray-painted on the doors to their stage, which then opened to reveal a raging fire inside. Quick call, Jamie Walters! I
0: really want your take on when this was written and what the fuck is going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, we definitely have questions. Let's get into it. Um, Do you want to take that one first?
0: Um, Sure. I got the feeling that this was written. Like this was one of the first things written was this Mm -hmm. storyline and that it was going to be Luke Perry. And then they, like, adapted it. And I'm still wondering if they're not going to try, like, making him a ghost somehow, because it does seem like the kind of bonkers thing this reboot would do. But, oh,
1: do you know what I can see that? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, totally. I can see that being the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, where he when he was still alive was like, yeah, sure, I'll come in and do one episode. Yeah, you know, just to like as a joke, basically, because as right. we've said, he was on Riverdale, which also shot in Vancouver, which this did as well. Yeah, like it, even if his schedule was tight, like he could have gotten a half day off to like come down and fuck around, you know. Well, yeah,
0: the Riverdale production would have absolutely made sure that happened because they're not yeah. stupid,
1: so. of course. But but yeah, the the problem though, you're right, is that now like. I mean, I never thought it was Zach because even for this show, I thought that was too obvious. Yeah, but now, like, I mean, it could, it really could be anyone. Like, they had so many guest stars, and so many of them, like, never amounted to anything, and are super duper thirsty. Probably, like, maybe it was that guy who played Kelly's rapist, who was tweeting about how great the show is. Like, what did you come out of the woodwork? Oh, maybe this is why. And like, but if that's if that's the case, like it would be a real deep cut. Like no one were literally like two of five people who <laughs> remember anything about season nine or 10.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I can't, I can't imagine that it's a deep cut from that yeah. part of the show. No, no, no. I mean, if, if it's Deshaun or Ray, if it is Jamie Walters, mm-hmm. I will have a stroke from joy. Yeah. And shock.
1: Honestly, I have to say, if if it's going to be a big surprise of like someone from the show, probably Tiffany Thiessen is the most likely. Yeah. Even though, even though Tori and Jenny like are on the record as hating her, I still think they know what side their bread is buttered on, probably. Yes.
0: I I think so too.
1: But maybe
0: not because there's a lot of stuff in this episode that it's like, what what do you think you're doing? Yeah. Like not what are you doing, because we're never gonna figure that out, but what do you right. think you're doing? Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Talk us through it. All right. Well, okay, let's start with Anna, who brags to Ian that uh she's actually seen every episode of the original show twice. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the most casual fan of the show. Like, granted, she looks like she's in her 20s, maybe. Like, you know, she's too young to do this. Like, it's that's the craziest part of it. Like, only twice is not enough. Yeah. Well, and
0: the problems with her script had nothing to do with her relative immersion mm-hmm. in the show. But even if that were the problem, like, I personally, for various work reasons, granted, but still have seen the Donna Martin Graduates episode probably 10 times all oh, the yeah. way through.
1: Yeah. I mean, I At have least. two for not work-related reasons. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. <laughs> Call them work-related reasons, trust me.
1: <laughs> yeah, two two is not enough. I mean, I like I told you yesterday in Slack, I literally had a stress dream about getting asked to moderate a 90210 panel and having to talk Tori Spelling into letting me do it because we are mean about her sometimes. <laughs> It's like I, that's the level of immersion I, you need to do this.
0: I think I forgot to ask or may have just assumed because you did characterize it as a stress dream. What uh-huh. ended up happening? Did she did she fold?
1: She did relent. Yes. Yes. That that seems I mean, like for stress her. your subconscious
0: like, is familiar with how she is. So, well yeah, done. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. I in the dream as I recall, I I convinced her by saying, I'm like Andy Cohen, I'm like standing in for the fan. I have tough <laughs> questions, but it comes from a place of love, which is true. Yeah. I'm just reading other people's tweets. I don't, you know, don't don't put <laughs> the table. Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, maybe Anna should have watched these episodes 3 times so that she knew that at no point was Steve anywhere adjacent to being an actor. Yeah,
0: no, there was a whole like, subplot about it and about Samantha Sanders's on-screen son. Hello.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, Anna. Uh, we also get another reference to Jenny's trauma surrounding the shows here, clip two. That is really pushing my buttons. Like back on the show, when she always bossed me around acting like my real mom instead of my TV mom. Uh, wait, you know, she played Andrea, our classmate.
0: She did? Oh. oh, I've blocked so much of it out.
1: Okay, that's a good joke. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I thought it was good.
0: I mean, yeah, it's like, it's a good joke about whatever. Yes, we made the same jokes in the visual aids many times about yes. Nana. Like, ha? Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. a- as you say in our rundown doc here, like, uh, are you going to actually make this explicit as to right. actual Jenny Garth's so-called trauma on the show? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying yeah. to minimize it because I don't actually know what Yeah, happened. no, totally. But
1: yeah, I mean... I think partly that joke was there for the people they think are watching who don't know anything about the original show. Like, as we've already said, no one that that applies to no one who is watching the show. But yeah. But also, like, again, if they're going to introduce the skein of like Jenny still has, you know, upset, unsettled feelings about the show to the extent where she doesn't remember who played her mother <laughs> for 10 fucking seasons you know, this has to go somewhere. Like relatedly in this episode we get Gabby talking about her stress about what it was like to and the early going to have to hide her actual age, which is true she did. She no one right. um, when she was cast knew that she was actually 28. And you know, how she felt like a million years older than all of her cast mem fellow castmates and how she was like dealing with grown-up problems like, you know, breastfeeding <laughs> during, you know, season 5 like and Christine saying that she quit acting because she wanted more control over her career. Like, that's real shit. This is interesting. I would love to know, like, where all of the other characters, in quotation marks, are with the sh- the reboot and, you know, where they are in their lives. Because that's interesting. But we'll see. Well,
0: and this was like a, you know, for a lot of them, this was their career. This will be the yeah. lead in the opit, as they say. For sure. And it's like, this is sort of why like i guess the joke is good but then so many of these things are sort of buried in jokes that for this franchise are written pretty well and are actually mm-hmm. pretty funny but it's like mm-hmm. but you know you you sort of have a chance to talk about what it's like to be part of this cultural juggernaut that was mm-hmm. driving you whether you yeah. liked it or not mm-hmm. and every time they sort of are brushing up against something that with one exception, every time they're brushing up against something that is, like, a little more interesting and layered, they're like, joke! And you You're know, right, and yeah. Jenny is a bitch about it. Like, okay. And what the fuck was going on with um, Carol Potter? Like, you just had a scene with her last week? So that's the other reason that that joke is sort of like do you actually have that level of dissociative trauma? Cause that's not funny.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like anyway. what the show isn't really capturing, like other than Christine saying that it's a billion dollar property for Fox, um, which someone on Twitter was like, I doubt it. And like, mm, I don't I like, like over don't. all the years, I bet that's true, you know, or close to yeah, it. But like same. that there's, there isn't a show now that is as big as this show was in its prime. Like it was, it was so big. It was yeah. like, even game of Thrones, I would say is not like the same, did not have the same impact culturally as this show did. Like it, there's a reason that all of these people did not really transcend it. And it's not just because they were all bad actors, although in some cases that is true. It's that they were so associated with these roles that it would be yeah. impossible to see them in anything else. And like again, this is real shit, but like that would be interesting for this version of the show to address. And I feel like they're they're just glancing at it and not doing enough.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I I do wonder if because the you know, I was on Dave and Jeb Aren't Me and talking about one of the Luke Perry Hallmark movies, and mm-hmm. that did more to sort of not satirize that, but sort of like nod to it. Mm-hmm. Without getting too bogged down, and also I think Luke Perry was one of the more like uh realistic and had a, the most sense of humor, relatively speaking, about where he was in this galaxy because yeah. of Nine Hundred Two One Zero than most of his castmates. But it, it, you know, I do wonder if if he were on the project and more involved, if he might not have been like you know, guys, you just have to steer into it. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll never know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also don't get why Doherty would want to come back to play her character as such an unprofessional wacko. Like I get that this is a version of the chaos that she was said to have caused back then, like, you know, being late and fucking up schedules and whatever. But if all of this new agey framing around it is supposed to be a cute way to reference that, it's it's really not.
0: Yeah. It's also like she is giving the worst performance. Agree. I would say. And is yeah. absolutely like you can see that there's another meta layer of them working around her and mm-hmm. trying to involve her as minimally as possible. Yep. And that like they take whatever notes of hers they can to keep her happy, but they don't really want to deal with her. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it, it's weird. Like it, it, makes you wonder if they shouldn't have just Chrissy snowed her, but mm-hmm that also speaks to the larger question of why we're having to sit through this super not credible timeline in terms of the actual making of the reboot. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be believable. I, you know, we all understand sort of why we're here and it's not mm-hmm. verite. Yeah. But if it's not going to be credible, it should be funny, which it isn't. Yeah. Um, it should be edited to create some sense of the timeline. Like it was just this very weird breakfast club situation nobody was jumping each other's lines yeah and there's all these like situations in which these actors one of whom is the fucking president of SAG would never find themselves Mm -hmm. and she's also the president of that you know esteemed organization quote-unquote in the reboot so like that just drove me nuts that there were any number of situations whether it was um with her like French and Christine or we're just going to rewrite this ourselves and make all these cuts and it's like that's not how any of this works.
1: So. No no it's a I mean it's a violation of a different guild for one thing like yeah. none of you are in the writers guild. Yeah the, the this is the same problem that people had throughout I mean one of many as the show went on but with Unreal where it's like In that universe, we were supposed to think that like shooting was happening concurrently with airing, which on the real Bachelor show would never, ever happen for a million obvious reasons. And it's like there are ways to create stakes around this without making the shooting schedule the thing that is like the ticking clock that's putting pressure on all of you. Like, again, to return to the billion dollar franchise aspect of it, like that's enough. You know, this is a big deal. Without you having to say like, well, it's starting shooting tomorrow and be at this party, which, by the way, looks like a real shitty party, sitting in the middle of it at a conference table, like making cuts you are not qualified to make. It's dumb. Yeah,
0: it's it is dumb. And it's it just sort of speaks to the larger issue of like this show, like they keep having lines that are like, is it a drama? Is it a comedy? Like, maybe it should have just been half an hour Of comedy, which before this aired, I would have openly and I think did openly dread in so many words, but they're so much better at that part of it now. Like, just do stuff.
1: Yeah. 100%. Um,
0: Wrapping up the question section with a minor um, point. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else noticed this at AWT90210 on Twitter, if you're with me, they keep calling it the reboot. Which, first of all, it isn't really a reboot. And second of all, people sometimes use pronouns when they're speaking. Like, w- mm-hmm. wouldn't you call it, like, the show, the project, it? Yeah. If there were a drinking game about this, Christine Elise alone would be sending us all to the emergency room.
1: Because yeah. she's
0: just like, you know, no X, no reboot, no reboot, no reboot related. And it just, it, it ceased to have any meaning. This I mean,
1: it is a reboot in-universe. Yeah, True. But oh my yes, God. the moya of like that.
0: which stories are what is like. <laughs> There's like yeah. fifteen different tracks. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of that, shall we move on to the breakdown?
1: Let's do that. Also, continuity cop again. where they where they shine the most is in the opening dream sequences (laughs) this time it's uh gabby dreaming about going back to the peach pit having the other girl cast members be mean and nasty to her believable and saying that she's there to see brandon and then in the peach pit shirt with with the rough (laughs) trade studded hat emily valentine (laughs) you know the hat yes but then it ends with her in her in a version of her spring dance fantasy with a chainsaw going i thought you li- you said you liked me which is a real deep cut i yeah. feel like that's not what people remember about that episode like other than you and me no one remembers that um
0: i'm pretty sure that if it wasn't the actual dress they remade it exactly because i remember the sleeves the the ham sleeves <laughs>
1: I don't think it was lavender, but you might be right about the Yeah, I think it,
0: yeah, it was like pale pink instead of white, but yeah. Same cut. Amazing.
1: Yeah. We also see um, Jenny makes like a latte or something for Wyatt and does a little, you know, foam art for his initial on it, and he asks where she learned that, and she says she played a down-on-her-luck barista who falls in love with the Duke on a Lifetime movie, which that's not a Lifetime movie. That's definitely a Hallmark movie based on that logline, but... A Latte of Love is definitely the kind of TV movie that Jenny has done and might hope that Wyatt can't stream. So points for that one as well.
0: Yeah. I think uh, I think Little Wyatt is probably not interested in um, puncturing the bubble.
1: <laughs> no. All right. Suspension of Suspension of Disbelief. Maybe I'm naive. I don't believe that Shay could be as big a star as we're supposed to think she is if her whole career is due to autotune.
0: I mean... <laughs> Lala's acting <laughs> might need some auto-tuning. She is biz <laughs> in this episode. She's not great.
1: Her nails are so scary, though. Oh, my God, they're um, so pointy. <laughs> they really are. Yikes. <laughs> uh, I also don't buy that all of these lazy actors would even try to write a script, never mind on a 12-hour or so deadline. Uh, I mean, the things that they're saying
0: that they object to are ridiculous, but I agree with you that um, certainly Ian and Brian – would be like okay fine that he's like why is yeah. my shirt always off I'm a lawyer like <laughs> you wouldn't object <laughs> to the first thing and just take the W on the second thing jackass
1: mm-hmm. yeah I mean I, be- I buy the that money. They would, <clears throat> right I, I buy that they would demand another writer that sure. I believe but I don't and think that did. they would <laughs> yeah. yeah seriously <laughs> also Shannon the New Age Queen loves my favorite murder Mm.
0: What's wrong with the bladder? Presents, Beish? Come on.
1: I realize Brian's whole thing is that he's cool, in air quotes, but clip three. Okay, so someone should probably call 911. Uh, studio stage doors have opened and are belching flames. Like, that's not the appropriate level of emotion. Um. Well,
0: the appropriate level of payment of one's children's bills is also not something Brian's familiar <laughs> with, so... Do you think we're going to let that drop? You're listening to the wrong podcast.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right. Moving on. Pandering to Gen X slash your hosts. uh, Clip four. (laughs) Hi, Andrea. (laughs) Ouch. Now, it is possible that Shannon Doherty really does not remember how to pronounce this character's name, but everyone else on the set would. So I have to think this is a joke and I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. No, it absolutely has to be a joke. (laughs) <laughs> given that it is really taking everything in me not to render her name in our book as Andrea spelled O H H H H H N D R E A mm-hmm. and spell it Andrea. Yeah. That, that was for us and I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Uh, we also get Jenny and Tori both snorting about Tori's deep cover audition as Dory Snelling, which <gasps> a pre- I, a, good job. Thank yeah. you for acknowledging. Yeah, they, they had to, uh we also I feel like this was just for you, Sarah. Again, a shot of the elevator with everyone in it arranged from left to right, tallest to shortest, Wyatt, Kyler, Jenny, Jason. Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh please play clip five. And this scene where Brandon is talking to his kid's teacher, he's he's such a lummox. <laughs> I this makes me think Jason knows that Brandon sucks, which uh, I hard eyes emoji if that is true. Yeah, uh, he
0: must. Now, I do wonder like looking back at episodes in which Brandon appeared that were directed by Jason Priestley, I would really love his like oral history of that mm-hmm.
1: process mm-hmm. because
0: when he was directing himself and he was still a shithead. But uh, yeah, Priestley is um, really bringing it in this. I am very much enjoying the um, the uh, like sexy little glasses and bagging on Brandon into it.
1: Yep. Uh, Clip six. So bless this mess. Exactement.
0: Oh, she didn't spoil it.
1: (laughs) She learned a passable French accent. Not bad.
0: I mean, it was one word, but hey, that's more than she could do before. So
1: we'll take it. Mhm. All right. Blonde's self-fluffing. I'm going to make Brian an honorary blonde for this shit. Clip seven.
0: Look at this. Daddy Silver.
1: Got it going on. B-A-G is H-O-T. No freaking way. But you don't think I'm hot? No. All right.
0: All right, thirsty.
1: <laughs> uh, Brian also has a whole scene where he just tells Tori to stop being insecure because she's great, basically. Mm.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, Jenny also has... Numerous subplots involving her still getting laid, which believable, but we get it.
1: All right. Shall we close it up with our MVP?
0: Sure. Mm. Uh, uh, uh.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, I guess, I guess whoever is writing, thank you. Um, whoever is writing the Nate Tory marriage apparently in a like real time response to Dean and Tory shit because it's just getting, it's just getting uglier every week and it's kind of amazing. Yeah. She's allowing it or encouraging it or doing it. So I guess to- Tori.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. I'm going to say Jason for the reasons that we just said he's uh. He's stepping up to occupy the having a sense of humor about self slash character that Luke Perry sadly has vacated. And since given how much we hated Brandon, I really was not expecting how much I would like Jason. So good for him.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent choice.
1: Least valuable player. Brian, I still hate him. Yeah, he's really unlikable.
0: Uh, Christine, crack the whip, girl. Like, don't, don't allow this. Just don't, you don't have That's to. A great point. Take your cocoon coat and take a whip out of your crack- cocoon coat and crack it over the heads of these idiots.
1: <laughs> All right. Now we have a reading from poor Tori, the October 1993 cover profile of Tori Spelling from Sassy Magazine. I tell Tori that I loved her drunk scenes in last year's prom episode. She truly was brilliant. Before they'd call action, I'd spin around really fast like Wonder Woman, she explains. No one knew what I was doing, but everything would be spinning. I'd go, hold on, she spins her finger in the air. Okay, go. Is that what they mean by method acting? She reveals that it was her comic timing that helped establish Donna as more of a character. At first, I'd just tag along with Kelly going, me too, yeah, all right, Lines that were so stupid. Once they gave me a couple of funny lines and all of a sudden they go, you're funny. So they started writing more for Donna, the clumsy airhead. They gave her a role. Donna's boyfriend is a far cry from Tories. There's tons of tabloid stuff being written about her tumultuous relationship with Nick Savalas, who's Telly's son and an actor wannabe. Like the inquirer, hey, it's got good pictures, claimed that Nick got mad when Tori refused to get him a job on one of her father's shows. Believable. Another week, the star alleged that Nick gambles with Tori's money and that he shoved her outside a club on her birthday. Mm, We had a little tiny argument that anyone has with their boyfriend. It was a normal thing and that turned into, and they turned it into this huge thing that we were screaming and fighting and I was punching him, Tori retorts. Then the gambler in question walks in. Nick, also 20, has got on holy jean shorts, ew, and a white V-neck T-shirt. Ew. He's he's smoking a Marlboro Light. His hair stands straight up, a carbon copy of Jason Priestley's do. His forehead is peeling from a sunburn he got at a celebrity volleyball tournament. (laughs) There are some pictures in the new people from the tournament of you guys, the publicist tells Nick. It's in this week. It came out today. Nick asks eagerly, for a second, I think he's going to bolt out the door to pick up a copy, but he sits down instead. End of excerpt. Tantalizing.
0: <laughs> Next time on Again with This BH 90210 Edition, according to the Direct TV Guide, quote, oh no, excuse me, this is from TV Guide, quote, The first day of filming is halted amidst the latest threat. The cast makes a list of their potential enemies and sets their eyes on a former co-star who may be holding a vendetta against them. Jason's insensitivity while directing causes the ladies to become frustrated and Tori stresses over an upcoming sex scene with Brian. Meanwhile, both Gabby and Brian share some personal news with the cast. End quote. Is that personal news that the stalker is Matthew Modine? (laughs) <laughs> or one of Brian's real life kids. I'm here for that. You should be here for our podcast on episode five. So stay up to date on when that hits by subscribing to this podcast, by visiting our website at againwiththispodcast.com and following us on Twitter at AWT90210 and or joining our gang at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash this. I'm thirty first year of nepotism, Sarah debunting and I'm on Twitter at Tomato Nation. My co-host is Van Nye's commuter, Tara Ariano, and she's on Twitter <laughs> at Tara Ariano. And our producer is Auto Tuner David T. Cole. Talk to you next time. Hi, you know what to do after the beep,